Uh, g'day, punters. Welcome to Richo, Brownie and Hummer. Minus Hummer, you got Paddy in the hot seat here today. We're just going to throw it out here. Hummer is down with the Dale, getting the old cucumbers on the eyes, getting the old hot uh, rocks on the back of his spine down at the hot spring. So he's asked if right? I can come in at a, a little bit of late notice. Have you guys ever done that before? Absolutely not. So Hummer can't be here because he's down at the Peninsula Hot Springs. Well, Pat, That's I'm going to tell you right now, that was a great intro. That's the best intro we've had <laughs> in three years in this show. And there is a job on offer right now. That sort of commitment is just not on for Hummer, is it? It's unbelievable, Hummer. We're only into, what, round four this week? Round he already four? needs a rest down at the Hot Springs. He's not he your hardest worker in the world, mate. Let's <laughs> be honest. Paddy, you should be up and about, mate. Well, what about the Ds? Oh, I know. I'm, we'll, we'll just keep my hey, powder dry for now. There was a lot of people wanting to host this today. You know, we'll just... and Felix von Hoff trying to get in there. <laughs> Wally was knocking the door down. Wally's on leave this Wally's, week. He actually said, I'll come too. back from leave and I'll host it. Okay, I'll give up a day of leave and uh, we ended up having to go with Pat. No. He's done a great job. Oh, good to have you, Pat. No, thank you. Who would have thought Hummer, the man with the big tough stickers, is down there getting the uh, getting the pamper, the Manny Petty. That's what he said to me on the phone. Incredible. Set. Fair dinkum. Um, happy man, fellas. Big round of footy, round four. The sizzle is back, I think. Footy's good, isn't it? The footy's footy good. Footy's going really well at the moment. Um, and there was a few games the last couple of years you go to and, you, and it's hard work getting through a game and you, you sit there and you think you, you get the luckiest job in the world to go to a game, call a game every week and there was just, uh, sometimes it was hard work but the first three rounds this season, particularly with the big forwards That's... and the big bags being back, it's great to see and it's such a good part of our game, big forwards, just excitement machines. I, I'd forgotten what the big forward actually adds to the mm. game. It's been so dour over the last few years. You know, guys kick three and four and we're getting excited mm. but when you're at a ground and a guy's going for 10 goals like Josh Bruce was at the weekend. The anticipation in the crowd, the, the cheer squads get into it. It was just incredible. And then Harry Mackay did the same thing. And, and Tex, oh, the Tex, Tex is the best player in the comp at the moment, the way he's playing. Could he Could he kick 100 goals? I don't think so. Oh, no. on, it's a big, he, it's a big, big ask. He's going to have to average pretty much five, a tick under five a game. So the Adelaide Oval all running onto the ground for the big great. Texan. It would be good. It would be good. I just think as the year goes fresh. on, Nate, it, it will slow down a little bit. The, the will it though? Does it have to? That's what people are saying. Oh, I think it will. They're saying it has to slow down, but at the moment, it's uh, it's it's open. It's a big ask, though, and I don't think a coach actually wants his number one forward to kick a hundred goals. It does become a little bit more predictable. Oh, come on. I don't think well, that's, that's, the way that's they quite true. And what I loved about Luke... I think Matty Nix would be very happy yeah, if Tex can kick 100 right. Luke Beveridge is coaching too. When he realised that Josh Bruce was an opportunity to get to 10 goals, he pushed everyone up yeah. and Luke Bruce had space like you haven't seen in a long time. David Teague didn't do that. Though. Harry Mackay was on seven goals with 10 minutes left in that game. Mm. So you looked at the clock and you thought, he can do this, he can get 10. He came to the bench for five oh, minutes. Come on, come Teague. On, it was like when Fev was stranded on 99 for yeah. the year, but that wasn't more the, the Carlton coach. No, Alistair Clarks had put numbers behind the fleet yeah, that, that day. Did you, did you think Fev ever kicked 10 in a game? No. I was surprised on the Eight weekend. was his biggest? Yeah, nine, us. nine against yeah. Richmond. But when Mackay was gunning for that 10, mm. we looked it up and I thought Fev was the last Carlton player to kick 10. Never kicked 10, Fev. That surprised me. Interesting. Yeah. Tex, can he, can he win the Brownlow or is he at least in the lead at the moment, Brownie? He's in the lead at the moment. Um, I'm doing my own Brownlow this year and uh, oh, I've got him on yeah. eight votes <laughs> so far, Tex. So he he's got, he gets three against Geelong. He gets three on the weekend, clearly. The middle game, when they lost to Sydney, he kicks six. But you look at Sydney and it's not a big win. It's a 33-point win. No one from Sydney stood out. I think the most possessions is 27. I think the most goals is three. So you look at it, and the umpire's got to have a look at Tex. He's kicked six. and he would have got two. Obviously a chance for two or a three. Yeah. Um, so he's on eight votes. I think Dustin Martin got a clear 
six votes in the first two games. So he's around the mark. Tom Mitchell, Clayton Oliver started well. But right now, Tex, I think he's two votes clear in the Brownlow. And he's gone from about 40s in the Coleman into favouritism at four bucks. Big Texan. I like it. Speaking of big men, have you been watching Making the Mark on on Amazon? I have. I have. Yep. Nick Natanui sleeps on the floor. That was incredible. It, it, that was the biggest scoop what? to come yeah. out of that, wasn't what? it? I, I, I was watching it last back, night. Isn't it? And I was like, hang on, did I say that correctly? And then they went back to his hotel room at the end of the episode yeah. and he's waking up it's, on the floor. It's got to be something to do with his body, but, doesn't it? So but he, he wakes up and then ruffles the bed up so the cleaners don't think he's weird. <laughs> 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 did, did That's been polite. I like that. Oh, Maybe he's on, too long for them. He's massive. He, I was on the oh. floor for about three hours last night with my daughter trying to get her to sleep and it wasn't that comfortable, trust me. Oh, that's, that is eye-opening to me, to be honest. We've got to follow up. I think we do. Talk to him about it, I reckon. Oh, get him on here and ask him when he's Sleeps on the floor. You might be able to sleep on the table. We never know. Um, the Swans are flying. Yeah. Knock three off the rising, Tigers. Three rising star nominations in the first three rounds. The Chad got it this week. Wicks didn't even get the nomination, and he was best on in the coaches' votes. Yeah. So, And they've still got Wicks to get one and Logan mm. McDonald. They could get five rising star nominations. So in the same vein, you're talking about the, the game will slow down, the, the big yeah. forwards will slow down. Do you think Sydney will slow down? Because they've obviously won their first three, and they've Knocked off the reigning premiers. Yeah. Not only knocked them off, but I think they absolutely served it up to them. The second quarter was incredible. They kicked eight goals against the reigning premiers. Look, I think with those five young players I'm talking about, that's a quarter of your team that are in their first year. At some point, I think... Young players do slow down. They, they get fatigued. You can't play well every game as a young player. So they're going to have a patch this year where they quieten down. But 3-0... and oh, You've got to do a fair bit wrong now not to at least play finals. 12, 11, 12 wins. his third year, I reckon. So he's got... Actually, he mightn't, be, he mightn't be eligible think, for the Rising Star. I think Warner's in his second year, maybe yeah. so. But uh, I mean, it, it doesn't it show you that you get the right people into your footy club and it can change very, very quickly. So they've already got a lot of young players like Blakey and yeah. Heaney and Dawson and these guys. Yeah. But add three fresh players, like Port Adelaide have mm. when they had that super draft a couple of years ago. Um, it's not a super draft. They've just drafted really drafted well because well. they weren't high draft picks either. Tell me, Nate, Don Pike's come across to the Swans. What was Adelaide's best feature when they were the best team in 2017? Scoring. Their ball movement and scoring. I reckon Don Pike's had a fair bit to do with it as well. Yeah, well, Isaac Heaney, that little wheel around on the left from 45 just to go yeah. a few points up was, yeah. was pretty handy. On the flip side of that, Richmond's premiership mould, they tend to lose an early one and yeah. lose pretty comfortably. Is it no, no need to I, worry? They about do this every bit? year. They do this every they're, year. They've won the premiership. They got belted by Hawthorne in round three last year. They lost Giants round before. four. Um, so, and St Kilda, the one where they won the premiership in yeah. 17, 17, they got belted by 80-odd points. Well, so. in 17, they won their first five games. They then lost the next four games. Mm. They were five and four. So... You can't write them off, but I will say one thing. The manning of the markers hurt Richmond because they were the best at it. They used to force a lot of turnovers off just manning of the mark. They rely on an intercept game. It's harder to score off intercept now because there's more holes. So they've got to make a few adjustments. Another side who maybe the new rules are affecting, the Cats. Are they holding on for too long now? Sean Higgins is out as well next week. I'm not prepared to make a big call on the Cats. What are you, you it's tough to write a side off who is as stacked with talent as the Cats. The one thing that I will say is the rules of uh, the new rules have gone against them. Some sides have added and and been great on the outside. Where the Cats, when you watch the Cats, and I, and I watch them closely against they're the Hawks, they're not a quick team. They're not a quick team, but they are very much a kick mark team. Even against the Hawks late the other day, I reckon there was about seven or eight just short passes, mark the ball, get back off the mark, and that always works. That has always worked for them. But with how open the game is now. 
it's slowing the game down, and they're getting scored against the other way if they turn it over. Yeah. Um, so North Melbourne played a, a game style, which was 2019, and they, they, they came up short against the Bulldogs by 128 points. The Cats probably need to tinker, and I think Chris Scott has shown in the past that he's happy to tinker with things. Yeah, like he, he started looks. Joel Selwood out on the wing. He started Gary Ablett at half forward. So he's, he's happy to make the changes, and I think he'll go back, he'll look at it and go, what changes we need to make? Um, and hard to... Hard to knock the cats at the moment with how, how much talent they have. No, they were clearly the best team last year. You're right, Nathan. They need to tinker a little bit like Richmond. Um, you got to remember with Richmond and Geelong as well, playing in the grand playing in the grand final. They started training a month after everyone else. That's a lot of training. All the teams would have been training this man on the mark um, over summer. So a month's less training doesn't help. So I'm not writing them off. You just want us to because they're playing the D's. I'll beat the D's. Uh, no, well, the D's will win this week. The D's will beat the Cats this is week. It a pa- is it a panic button press for the Cats if the D's do beat the Cats this week? Do they no, start to go, no, oh, not on. really, because they're going to be no. they're two, two and, and one, two. so they'll be two and two. Um, almost fell over the li- fell over the line against the uh, the Lions, obviously, mm. but two and two, nothing wrong there. Speaking about falling over the line against the Lions, Zach Bailey made a tackle on Blitzarves that day. Should have been paid, it wasn't. But the, the karma, two in a row. The karma gods. gods came around and said, "All right, gods. Zach, have a shot from forty meters out directly in front after the siren." He went back and put it right through the middle. Didn't look like missing. You could have put five goalposts yeah. in the middle, and it still would have gone through the middle. Zach love it in Bailey. a big moment, and I did have a chuckle when you were out there, and you've gone out and you're interviewing the coach, yeah. and he didn't quite understand your question the first time. No, he didn't. In a big moment, you just wanted to get it in there, and you got, you've had to roll with it again. I know. I laughed. Oh, you I knew was that good. was doing your head, and you're like, oh, you know what? Don't understand you know my what question. I you know, know what I thought in the spur of the moment when he didn't hear me? I said, oh, there's a bit of irony in, in Zach Bailey having the shot after what happened the week before. Mm. And when he sort of looked at me and said, what? I thought, was it Zach Bailey the week before? <laughs> um, well, unbelievable. Been, Great how scenes. Many, how many shots after the siren do you think there have been in VFL, AFL history to win a game? 52. <laughs> If well, it's been around all week. You mate. could have built it's it up. It's been around all week. That's it. I thought there would have been more than that. Only fifty-two in the history of the game. Give me, give me your most memorable or best ones. You reckon? Oh, the Blighty's got to be the biggest. That's one. That's the most replayed one. Malcolm yeah. Blight, the Torpy, yeah, mm-hmm. Torpy at Princess. Recent Park. times. I reckon for a younger audience, the ones that I rate the highest are the ones in finals. Yep. And Gary Bacanara. Now I know it was thirty metres out on a slight angle. Nineteen eighty-seven yeah. after the siren to kick your fifth. To put the Hawks into a grand final. It's about 40 yet. Yeah. The pressure in that, though, the pressure inside your own mind to put yeah. yourself into a grand final. So probably Bucky's. Um, the other one, Luke Shuey had one over at, at uh, Adelaide big. Oval against in a final Adelaide against the Dolphins. That's big. The ones where Nunes and Robbie Gray kick those ones from the boundary, I don't think they're not expected, yeah. not as expected to kick them because they're up against the boundary. So you can just have a ping, but the pressure when you're 25 metres out directly in front, I wouldn't be backing you in from 30 metres out directly no, in front after either. the siren. No chance. <laughs> I, would have, I would prefer the Jack Nunes shot than the one Bacanara had. If you missed... If, if you miss it, you, you meant know, you meant to miss it. Right. Have you ever played in a game with one? Uh, I haven't. I've been I've been standing in the terrace down in Geelong when Zach Tui kicked that one after the siren. Yeah, yeah. The days. We were thirty points up in the third quarter. Yeah, I be- beelined out of the ground, went straight to a pub, bought a beer. <laughs> All these Geelong fans came in. I went to the cubicle by myself and drank the beer, and then went to the V line and caught the train <laughs> by myself. That's how depressing it is if you're on the back end. I've been involved in a few, but the most memorable was the Jordan McMahon one against Melbourne where Melbourne tanked the game and um, (laughs) obviously trying to get draft picks and and the Demons. Wouldn't history be different if Geordie didn't kick that? 
Richmond probably don't get Dustin Martin. Oh. Think about it. Oh, well, that's a funny yeah. thing, footy. Because yeah. Melbourne, of course, drafted Trengove and Scully. Yeah. Richmond get Martin at three. Hey, let's not talk about that. <laughs> anyway, you saw something come across your desk midweek. What was it? Yeah, I did. Look, uh, Nate does a lot of integration and a lot of things on Very TV, busy. doesn't he? He's on Very Channel, busy. the Channel 9 Sunday footy show. Obviously, all the stuff you do here at Sports. The all-conquering Sunday footy show. Yeah, the all-conquering and all the uh, crosses that he has to do with all the various mm-hmm. media outlets. Now, we do the AFL previews every Thursday morning. We do nine games, and Nathan has a lot to think about in the pre- presentation of this. One thing uh, he probably shouldn't do, though, uh, Paddy is the weather. Mm, okay. Both these sides have shown really good scoring in the opening round. So over 168, I think you should, barring some pretty bad weather. But I think it's meant to be okay. Uh, I watched Jane Bunn the other night. Very, very good weather presenter. Let's start that again. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you possibly going? Where I've got no going? idea. I've got no idea. You know when you start talking. Very, very good and weather. I had an idea that I was going to say you need to watch the weather to get the total points over and under. Yeah, I so know you need to understand to when the weather and that rain might start. And it just popped into my head that I'd watched Jane the night before and I thought I would roll that out. And halfway through it, it wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't making any sense and I just had to stop. <laughs> you are aiming for the landing a little bit too hard. <laughs> Normally when you're talking about the weather, you're talking about if there's going to be a little bit of rain or it's going to be dry or humid. Nathan, just very, very good weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from very, very good weather to very, very good food. You, oh, we like this, Patty. You, you found something that's... Yeah. Uh, on the shelf somewhere. I rate myself as a bit of a food food. critic, if you didn't know. And uh, occasionally, Nate, we have a recommendation here on uh, Richo, Brownie and Hum. Now, this week, this is magnificent. George Columbaris, aren't you? Yeah, I am. (laughs) I love a bit of dip, right? I love, you know, some crackers and dip and a bit of cheese. And seriously, if you like your dip, Nate, have a go at this one here, the the crunchy parmesan from Marissa's Kitchen. It is absolutely sensational. I've actually had this one, Matt, and I couldn't agree with you more. I, got, I bought some of that in Bacchus Marsh with, yeah. just some, uh, with just some crackers. Yeah, just yeah. just some crackers. A little bit of cheese as well, Paddy. Are you a dip man, Pat? Oh, I could, I could dip. I'd dip into that, to be honest. It would be nice. What's I do like favorite? the tzatziki and the boring yeah, stuff, yeah. the hummus with the little French onion saffron in there yeah. sometimes. Well, they also sorry. Uh, You put a little bit of chilli or something in the hummus. They also do That's a nice. roasted beetroot. Very yeah. nice, yeah. Uh, Get around it. I wouldn't really dive into that, I don't think. But that looks good. Maybe a new sponsor for the show. Um, we saw a very funny, famous photo bomb the other day in the Cats-Hawks game. Oh, Billy Brownless was behind enjoying his 55th frothy of the game. And uh, old Jeff Kennett was uh, just watching the game unfold in front of his eyes. Didn't go the way he wanted. People kept asking Jeff for photos. And it was at that point in the game mm. where you just want to watch the game. You don't want to be getting a photo with someone. And Bill was photo bombing from the back. So it was funny. Oh, I'll Jeffy, piss off everyone who would have been saying. But it made me think, any famous people along your, your footy journey or even after footy, have you met any real famous people? I have, Pat. I have. Most famous person I've ever met was um, Michael Jackson. Oh, so, would you, how did you meet Michael, Michael? Jackson? I oh, had to tell you. That's what a story is. You know, well, I say the name and then I tell the story. I don't expect you to jump in and go, oh, where did you meet him? I well, find it Matthew, hard it's in the rundown. Have... I'm about to tell you where I met him. I find it hard that you could have got to Michael Jackson, the security that well, we I'm going to tell him. you how it happened. Oh, here. Good. Buckle yourself in. <laughs> So we're over there, and this was the day over of September in New York. Right. In New York, this is the day September 11 happened, and I've got people that can verify this. Right, Luke Darcy, Tony Liberatore, Simon Garlic, and Craig Ellis, yep. all teammates. So September 11 has happened. It's still in the morning, still before yep. uh, midday, and we are walking back up to Luke Darcy's brother's place up the other end just, of Manhattan. Just to chip in, how eerie was it feeling? 
in New York that morning. Tanks rolling in the streets, like normally you got six lanes of traffic, yeah. nothing. So the whole city, you couldn't get in, you couldn't get out. No trains going, no nothing, no buses. So we were 70 blocks up to Matt's place. So we had to uh, hightail it. And so we were walking, there's nobody around, absolutely yeah. nobody. And and we walked past a, uh, a theatre. So we're going through the theatre district. Michael Jackson walks out, right? He's got a limo there waiting. He's got a mask on, everything. He's got some security. And I said, Michael. And he said, hey, how you going? And I said, good, thanks. So I've met Michael Jackson. <laughs> on September That's 11, the, uh, September New 11. York is in crisis. No one, one around. Still no just... one around. And Michael Jackson walks out. And I, I could have touched him. I was that close to him. He would have been going straight to an airport on a oh, private plane yeah, to get out of there. It was freaky. It? I thought you were going to say he went, Oh, g'day, Nathan. How, you? <laughs> How about you, Richard? Yeah, a couple of years ago, I was in um, Los Angeles visiting a good mate of mine, and uh, I was going home the next day. So it was my last night in LA, and I wanted to catch up with a mate of mine who's an actor, and I know a lot of the Aussies go over there to act. You know, a guy called Kick Gurry, you heard of mm, Kick? Yeah. Looking for Ella Brandy. Richmond supporter. Richmond supporter, good guy, Kick. Been in LA for years. I think he's actually back in Melbourne. We're at hanging the out with your cousin, Julia Roberts. No, I didn't catch up okay, with Julia. No I will next time. Did now you know I'm that Matt's related. related to Julia Roberts? I am, Very interesting. I, I, did, I have heard whispers of this, actually. Yeah, I'll the, catch up the there next time. Mm. So anyway, <laughs> I'm catching up with Kick. He lives um, He lives over in the valley, you know, so I'm staying in West Hollywood. So I've got the Uber over down the canyon into the valley, get to Kick's house, and we're just having a couple of beers. And I said, what are we doing tonight? And he said, oh, well, I've got a little bit of Hollywood spice for you. And I went, Hollywood Spice, I start thinking, we're going out for a massive night. You know, we're going into some nightclub. I said, mate, I don't want a big night. I'm flying home tomorrow. Just, let's just go out for dinner. He said, trust me. He said, we're heading down to Malibu for dinner. I said, that sounds good. Never been down to Malibu for dinner. That'll be nice. So we're waiting. He's got a mate coming over to pick us up. So his mate knocks on the door. I open the door. He walks in. I'm thinking, gee, that guy's familiar. This isn't the, the best part. It was Emil Hirsch. You heard of Emil Hirsch? Yeah. Into the Wild? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, this is pretty cool, Emil Hirsch. So I'm trying to act all, you know, cool and <laughs> not trying to act like I've just recognised another Hollywood star. So we go out, jump in his car, and we're driving down to Malibu, and it's a, probably about a 45-minute drive. And sort of car did he drive? It was like an Audi sedan. Yeah. And, you know, we listen to a bit of music, chatting. I'm trying to act all cool in the back seat. I'm what thinking, sort of music were you playing? Uh, he's playing a bit of Eddie Vedder, actually. Okay. No worries. Did um, you tell him you got his pick? I didn't tell that story because I was trying to be cool. Surprising. Nathan. Anyway, so we're driving down, and we come over in, in the hills, and I we're mean, driving down into this one into Malibu and you can see the water, you can see Malibu down below and we're coming down, winding down and we pull off into like this gated community with a lot of big houses and I'm like, what are we doing here? And the boys say, no, we just got to drop in here for a minute and we'll head down for dinner. So we pull up at this house, big Hollywood house, you know, gated mansion, <clears throat> we ring the buzzer, a lady comes out, answers the door, we walk in. They, they knew this lady, they were on good terms with us. So I thought, oh, we're just at another mate of theirs house. We walk in through the front door, out into the kitchen. I walk out and I say, geez, I know that bloke. And he's looking at me. It was Sean Penn. Ooh. So now I'm even trying to be cooler. I'm in Sean Penn's kitchen. We've stayed at Sean Penn's, had a barbecue. He's cooked us up steaks. We're watching YouTube clips with him. I thought that was pretty cool. The Hollywood that is spice. pretty cool. Yeah. And just as we're about to yeah. leave, we're sitting in his lounge room and I look at like the, the mantle next to the TV and there's the two yeah, Oscars yeah. just sitting there. Unbelievable. You got me covered. My best would be Shane Warne at Elston Wint Mac at 4am, to be honest. So, uh, long story, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. 
Speaking about what, 4 a.m. Like I, I like the story. <laughs> oh, you've met Sean Penn? No, I haven't. <laughs> See just, how he there, didn't want me to top his Michael Jackson story? There's just story? certain parts of your story that you don't need to include. What? Like the part where you rang the buzzer. No, 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 no shit, mate. You're going to ring the buzzer. Hey? We might have jumped over the fence Isn't that what a story and evaded the tiger that was hiding in the, in, the, in the front garden. Speaking of being out to 4am, rumours circulating that uh, a member of the media might have uh, oh, had a crack. And, and What's happening? We're, we're, front we're rolling with he's had a sickie on Sunday because he, yeah. he did the Saturday game. I wonder what Bernie was doing. With the it. Saturday rub. And so we had Bernie Vince in on Sunday. So yep. I get a text message in the morning that Duck's not. And I can only imagine that when you, when you call in sick on a Sunday, like, are you really sick? So that was a question we posed all day. So we're not breaking any news here. We're, we're, but well, um, yeah, Sunday, Arvo, you don't turn up. There's always a question mark, isn't there? Well, when Bernie told us that he had dropped him off in Chapel Street <laughs> after the Saturday game and he had a tight white boys youth 16 white T-shirt on, like wears them really tight yeah. in summer and wears, what's he wearing in winter? The knits, the V-neck knits, yeah, yeah, and they are tight. So he's dropped him off there, but then he could not do radio on Sunday. So... so- so to put, so to have a look at this story, he's dropped Duck off in Chapel Street, in Chapel Street. with going out kid on at eleven o'clock, okay. <laughs> and Duck didn't turn up <laughs> and Sunday. Duck didn't turn up the next day. Well, if you so, got if you got it reading between the lines, then uh, you just have to hazard a guess. Is that a question? Might have ended up. <laughs> is your best sickie? Have you ever been caught out either having a sickie or having a lie? Yeah, or obviously Hummer being down, not doing this today, mm-hmm. being down wherever he is. Yeah, I did after my twenty first. Um, Long time ago, Paddy, 1996, had a, obviously a big party. All the Richmond boys come along, but we had a family day on the next day at Punt Road because it was the weekend before round one. Traditionally, there's always a family day at Punt Road. Mm. I've woken up at 10 a.m. on the Sunday morning. Family day is starting at 10 a.m., right? So Sunny's I'm, on. I know I'm going to be late. So I look at my – it's the only time I ever missed a football training run because we had a little jog and then the family day. I looked at my watch. I'm like, 10 a.m., I've missed it. There's no point going down now, so I just didn't go. Robert Walsh was our coach, got hauled in on the Monday. And he actually, to his credit, he said, look, I understand it was your 21st, but don't ever do that again. And he fined me 500 bucks. 500? Okay. Which was a lot of money back then when you weren't earning much. No. Did you do anything similar? Yeah, my first pre-season. So your first pre-season is always hard. When you move down from the country, I was a Bendigo boy, um, and it's just hard work. It was, we were training at 6 a.m. three mornings. So we're doing five days a week and Saturday mornings. Was it full-time then or were you but working it, as well? It just started full-time. Yeah. So I was but. Every morning, 6 till 10, it was footy. Um, it was a full session, footy uh, running and then weights in the afternoon. And then on the off days, you're just doing weights. So it was full on. And I was hating it. Like, it was hard as I've, I have never trained that hard. Because you weren't the fittest beast then, were you? No, and I was still only 18. Yeah. So I've just got down from Bendigo. Long um, hair still? Long hair, yep. And I uh, had the long hair. And the Bendigo Cup was coming up. And. All my mates were going. Can you imagine him at the Bendigo Cup? <laughs> and I thought it would be pretty good. I've just got drafted. I'm pretty keen to get back to Bendigo and go to the Bendigo Cup. And I went into the plough's office and I said, I'm plough. Um, I've had a, a death in the family and um, oh, just need to go back, go back to Bendigo. Are you serious? And he looked at me and he goes, um, no worries, no problems. Um, and then I went out and trained that day. Um, so he brings me back into my office uh, before I left. So it was the day before I was going to Bendigo. And he goes, look. He goes, I didn't come down in the last shower. He goes, I know that you're going to the Bendigo Cup. He goes, you might have a death in the family. You might be having a funeral. But I I, I don't want to say you're not. But he goes, I know you're going to go to the Bendigo Cup. And he goes, I'm going to give you a pass once. Well, he let you go. He goes, I know how 
hard it is at the moment, young kids coming down, I'm going to give you a pass. Can I? Don't ever, ever ask for this again. So I went to the Bendigo Cup and I thought, how good is this? So I went to the Bendigo Cup, got back for training the next day, had a big training session. So it was another four-hour training session. And we got to the end of the training session and I thought, how good is this? How good is that? You know, I've been a great coach. I've been able to go away. None of the boys know. Um, and then he goes, all right, boys, um, let's hit the showers. He goes, Brownie. Extra you just session. You just wait here for a minute. Oh. And he got, <laughs> he got the fitness coach, Mark Smythe, and he goes, just uh, remind Brownie that he didn't actually train yesterday. <laughs> ten four hundreds, right? Oh, and I had a minute between each one, ten of them. There's extra four Ks at the end, and uh, I vomited by the end of it, but it was it was worth it. It was a good day. The Benny good on him that he let you go. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that he – all the boys brought him in and said, oh, Nathan actually has something to confess here. Yeah. He's at the Benigo Cup. No, he never so. told him. Paddy, I reckon that went for longer than my short story. <laughs> <laughs> you go going toe for toe here. The gloves are off for the leaf of the stories. It's great. Mate. Your Sean Penn story is that long. You'd be still talking about that other bloke that came in, Herschel or whatever his name is. Hirsch, Emil Hirsch. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty famous though, Sean Penn. Two Oscars. Very famous, eh? yeah. I think Michael Jackson might have him covered slightly. And, and did Michael Jackson cook him a steak? No, though? that's, that's no, true. He didn't. No, he <laughs> uh, Richo, what's doing your head in? And it's doing my f***ing head in. Paddy, this is a, an annual doing my head in. It's that time of year again. It's big calls time in the media, right? It's round three. Yes. And there's been a lot of big calls already. Now... I worked with Mick Malthouse for one year in the media when he had the year off before he went and, and coached at Carlton. And one thing he always said was don't make big calls until about round eight, nine or ten, right? The ladder starts sorting itself out then. The good teams are clearly the good teams. You know, the poor teams are the poor teams. So don't make big calls, right? That's So that was a little lesson I took off Mick. Um, I've tried not to do that, but I made a big one on the weekend. <clears throat> at halftime when Harry Mackay had four goals, I said he'll kick ten. Right, which was a big call. He kicked seven, so I didn't listen to my own news. The other time that I made a big call and it came back to bite me, the footy gods, was in 2005 after round nine. Nathan was on fire. He had 35 goals. I had 33. He'd had about five best on grounds in a row. We had a big day and we got in front of all our teammates and declared that he was going to win the Brownlow, I was going to win the Coleman, and we were going to win the Premiership. Right. Mm-hmm. Six days this later, the Montague Hotel. Six yeah. days later, he broke his leg, and we won two games the rest of the year. So <laughs> the footy gods. So this, these are just, big calls. These are just some of the big calls I've heard so far this year, Paddy. I, I heard a big call from him on the podcast last week. What was it? Zach Butters will be the next Gary Ablett Jr. Yeah. Well, there you go. We'll start off with that yeah. one. Uh, uh, That's a long term. I've got that one written. That's down. a big call. Is there a time frame on it? Can you give me some just years? Career. Just career. Just career. Okay. So got a, <laughs> got a long time to come to fruition. That one. Yeah. I I don't. I think that's a big call. Uh, before the season, Matt Rouse played four games of AFL footy. A lot of pressure on the kid. Can we just let him play? Before the season, uh, one media pundit. I'm not going to name everyone. But I think you should be naming names. No, I might name a couple. Matt Rouse is going to win not only the Brownlow, but the Rising Star. He's going to be the first to do that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a big debate in the footy media. Who was going to win a game first? North Melbourne or... Or Essendon. Six days later, Essendon absolutely annihilate St Kilda, right? So you shouldn't have shouldn't make a big call that early in the season on Do a team. You think North Melbourne will win a game. I will, and that's the other big call. North Melbourne, I heard on the weekend, have been compared to Fitzroy in their last year. They're the worst team since Fitzroy in their last year, and that they won't win a game. North will win a game. Okay, the last team to not win a game was Fitzroy in 1961. North Melbourne will win a game. That's a big call. One of the biggest calls 
was after round one, Brody Grundy had a quiet game. He's one game into a seven-game, uh, seven-year contract. Brody Grundy's struggling. You know, they shouldn't have signed him to a seven-year deal. One game in. One game into a seven-year deal. Uh, North Melbourne are going to Tassie again. They're never going to Tassie. North Melbourne will not go to Tassie. So we make that big call every year. Don't make it again. Um, teams have worked Richmond out. In, in, in fact, the Swans have worked Richmond out. I heard the same thing last year when Hawthorne beat them, and I heard the same thing the year before in round three when GWS beat them. You're not naming any names here, Matt. Hey? Do you want one? Yes. Do you want me to name someone? I, I, want, I want a name. Text Very Walk- easy just to... Tex Walker's on fire, right? Yeah. I love Tex. We all, we're all happy that he's playing well, okay? And he is playing very, very well. But I heard David King say on the first crack on Fox Footy last week that we have never seen a player like Tex Walker inside 50. <laughs> now, I See, think that's, that's better. <laughs> when you're putting a name to some of these things, that's better. That's a big call. There's been some pretty good inside 50 players. Oh, look, I'll name a couple. Lockett, Dunstall, Franklin <laughs> Senior. In fact, Wayne Carey had the inside 50 named after him. Pagan's Paddock yep. was named after So we have seen a player like Tex inside 50, and I hope Tex continues to play well. Why are you happy to mention him. David King and none of the others? Because I just that was my favourite one. That's why. <laughs> Uh, Texas, people will, the same man might have also said Tex will kick 100. I hope he does. I doubt it'll happen. This one here, and you might agree with me here, Paddy. Cosie mm-hmm. Pickett is an absolute superstar, mm-hmm. right? How many games has he played? He played 14 last year, so he's played 17 now. 17 games. Just let him play. Yep. He's not an absolute superstar yet, okay? He might be a superstar. I actually heard someone say that Cosie Pickett is changing the way the game is played. A bit like... Tex inside 50. Yeah. He's playing a very good game and he's getting a so lot of touches. He but he's not, not not changing a lot. He's just doing it very, very he's well doing at the it moment. Very well. yeah, it's a big call. There's been some good forward pockets in the history of the game. Jeff Farmer once kicked nine and a half, right? So just let Cozzy play. He's not a superstar yet. Don't put all that pressure on him. And here, I'll name someone else. Mark Robinson, um, after the Richmond game, has said that the Sydney Swans are the next baby bombers after round three. So that means the Swans are going to win the flag. Just don't... I reckon we've got to reserve our big calls to about round eight, nine or ten. The, the baby Swans. All the, the journos are trying to get their big call out now. So if it does come to fruition, they're the ones that can yeah. hang their yeah, hand up and go, look at me, guys. I predicted the Premier in round yeah. three. So that, but I reckon Brownies is one of the biggest, that Zach Butters will be better than Gary Ablett Jr. Oh, I didn't say he would be better than Gary Ablett Jr. So let's not embellish what I said. I said Zach Butters is in the mould of a Gary Ablett and can be as good long-term as Gary Ablett. I never said better, but I, I did put them in the same sentence. I reckon he said better. You idiot. That was a long explanation. Let's go to the Nuffy Jar. Oh, it's got a new name this week. It's renamed the Shit Post Jar. <laughs> I wasn't told that in my ear, but play on. Yeah. What have we got, Brownie? Anything exciting? Well, just quickly before we do go, I know Hummer's been trying to get tailor-made for a long time. He got some chilli oil he tried to get on board as well. Um, he's been trying to get this clip, which I'm about to uh, share. But, you know, he told me last night that I'm coming well, he's in. He's been so. trying to get Triple M audio, yeah. and I told Triple three M. three weeks. Don't. It's, yeah. it's not great audio. I didn't, I, I'm not saying anything funny. It's actually unfunny, but I told Triple M not to give it up to Hummer. Well, he told me about 24 hours ago that I'm doing the show. So I said, all right, let me try and get that Triple M audio that you can't get. And I'll put a couple of calls in, and then lo and behold, here's the audio. And apparently at Fox, and you can uh, agree with me here, Chief, or, or not, but they don't call him Mark Howard anymore. 
They call him Mark. How would I be able to get more famous? <laughs> oh, that, that's horrendous, Brownie. See, you're laughing already, Matt. You're laughing already. I'm not. I'm not laughing. It's not the greatest joke in the world. I'm laughing at you. And, not it, and, with it, you. and it went a lot better in my head when I was writing out the script. I was doing a top five of the great self-promoters. Let yourself down. It was a good. It was a good segment. You know what yeah, I was, it with that. You know what I was actually laughing at. Patty, is there any way we can get that back up again? I just, I just noticed something. Is that uh, possible? Can we, can we play that again on the Nuffy Jar? I'd love to see that again. Here and it is. Apparently at just... Fox, and you can uh, agree with me here, Chief, or, or not, but they don't call him Mark Howard anymore. They call him Mark Howard. I be able to get more famous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, they all laugh. Horrendous, Brownie. No, you? Do you see what I saw there, Paddy? Yeah, Did you see the photo of Nathan? Oh, He's got a 50-cent piece gold store under his <laughs> And the knitted condom on, oh, the, on the chrome You've been trying to get this, and you're laughing. You think it's funny, do you, Pat? You know, it was a good top five, and I made one poor joke. And now there's all sorts of things that go wrong. We saw the Jane Bunn clip before. Sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. But there's a reason Hummer's not here today, and there's a reason why he has to get us rundowns on time. There's reasons why he's but hardly given us anything this he's year so nothing, far. To be honest. He's been working, and you've been working so hard on an April Fool's Day joke. He's been sending that many emails about the April Fool's Day so joke. Here it joke? is. Hey, Let's put it? New South Wales and Queensland to debate, to debut sleeveless jerseys for Origin one in Melbourne. What are the thoughts? This was their big one. There was there was 77 emails going around. Here's some of the, the, the responses. Horrible effort. Dumb. Nice try. And 250,000 followers on Twitter, right? 250,000. There was 25 likes on this <laughs> attempted humour. You wouldn't believe the amount of emails that went around this building that we got this April Fool's Day joke, and you were part of it, Pat, and it was an absolute titanic of a joke. <laughs> Didn't quite hit the spot. Did it? <laughs> Oh, that, that's just Twitter. We perform well on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, well hey, on I didn't see like I mean, every time we do so funny stuff, and I granted I, we do a lot of funny stuff here, people? and we retweet it and say how funny is this. We send it around to the business, and everyone piles in. Go, oh, great job, boys! I didn't see too many emails going around. Post this one. Are you uh, saying it didn't trick anyone, mate? <laughs> it made a few lists of you know top April Fools gags and, and all that. But look, we, we we did do the photo shoot on the. The Monday, the April Thursday was April one, and we did it on Monday, and we actually legitimately made these rugby jerseys, yeah. and we and we cut the arms off, but then just a bit of red tape came up, and we had to take all the logos off them, and it started, oh, excuses. Start, it started to look a bit fake. <laughs> like when I started talking about Jane Bunn and the weather, you get into an idea, and you've got to understand you know what you did, when though? you pull the handbrake. <laughs> you pulled up, mate. Yeah, these guys, guys went through up. with it. Ah, it was fine. It was good. It was good, Pat. good read in the paper. Uh, I enjoyed it. All right. Um, it's no longer called the Trumpet Award. I, I still didn't understand the, the Trumpet Award. It's called the Richo Brownie Hummer of the Week. All right, Richo and Brownie, you know how it works. You've got yep. three votes for the best on. All right. Best on. I gave one vote to Zach Bailey to kick a goal after the siren, and it was a brilliant game. They come from the clouds and just joy. It's one thing that I never did. I would have loved to have done it. Two votes. Did you kick one late in a game? Oh, I would have kicked a lot late, Paddy, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. Not after the siren, though. Kicked five late against Jimmy Clement one day <laughs> in the last quarter. <laughs> 
He still doesn't take that well. We tried to get him on radio one day. and Hasn't he, he won't t- he have a joke with it? No, no, no. He told really? me to stop living in the past. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, two votes. Josh Bruce, 10 goals, unbelievable effort. And three votes when you knock off the reigning premiers with young players and how exciting the Sydney Swans were. Yeah. I'm going to give the three votes to Sydney. Yeah, good stuff, Nate. In fact, I've agreed with you uh, on all three today in a different order. That's the first time I reckon that's ever happened. I gave one to Josh Bruce, 10 goals, career best performance. He's given up the grog, Yep, Josh Bruce. Off the gas. And he's playing well. That'll hurt him in the long run. You reckon? Yep. Yeah. Well, he said 100 days and he was 95 days into it. And he goes, you, you know what, I'm gonna going to go the whole year now. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Mm. At least at the end of the footy season, you would have thought. He's moving well, though. He's moving well. I gave one to Josh Bruce. I gave two to Zach Bailey. Every uh, Everyone who plays footy wants to do what he did. And I gave three to the Sydney Swans. That second quarter was as good a footy as you'll see. Yeah. They're very exciting. Very, very exciting. Gave one vote. Um, to a man that you're scared of and you Who? clipped him, Alistair Clarkson. Oh, I am. I am uh, Alistair I Clarkson. Did the Geelong Hawthorne game and I was pretty keen on the overs in that game and two players behind the back for various So was it pouts. about your hunting? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Right. Uh, two, two players behind the footy. But then when he unleashed those two players mm. and all of a sudden they'll th- they got to 30 points down, I think, the mm. Hawks, and all of a sudden get those two players back into the should one-on-one. Won that game. And they should have won the game. So yeah. I don't see why we need two players behind the footy. Pat just goes for low scoring and, and boring footy. Two votes to Fremantle. Yep. Uh, I went into that game thinking they were pretty good against the, uh, the the Giants the week before. Yeah, they're missing that fight, but I expect them to be better. I thought Carlton probably should have beaten them by 100 points. That's how bad um, Fremantle were. Got a few injuries, though. And uh, three votes to uh, North Melbourne. Uh, they've got a young side, and I feel for those players because I think the footy club – um, has let them down in where the position they're in. So yeah. the hierarchy has let the players down. You're going to go to a game every week and think, are we going to get smashed today? And it's not a good mindset to be in for a player. But So the footy club as a whole for the Kangaroos. Yeah, I've agreed nearly the same as well. Nate, I've gone uh, – I didn't go Clarko again because mm. I am scared of him. <laughs> you, does he scare you? He's got a couple of votes already, Clarko now. Right, Clarko. I gave, uh, I gave one to St Kilda. Mm. Yeah, they, they were terrible. Look, the Bombers had the bom- Bombers had the youngest team in the competition in on the weekend, <clears throat> right? Youngest in games experience and, and age. Them. And they lost Draper, Shield, and Caldwell going into that game with long-term injuries. And they absolutely smashed the Saints, who played finals last year. They're battling a bit, the Saints. They've got to turn it around pretty hey, quickly. I'll give you Jake Stringer. Loses yep. seven kilos, fit. Surprise, surprise, yeah. he plays well. Yeah. Josh Bruce, yeah. seven kilos. Surprise, no surprise. If, and Tex Walker, noticeably thinner than last year and fit up playing good football. So there's no uh, there's no rocket science to is it? No, no, Jake played really well, kicked four goals. I gave two and it wasn't Fremantle as a whole because I think they had some excuses. Got no height all over the ground except their two ruckmen, right? They're struggling for height, key back, key forward at the moment with all the injuries they've got. So they had to play one of their ruckmen as centre-half forward. And it just did not work. They just could not nullify Liam Jones, and he had an absolute field day. So I gave two to the Freo Ruckman uh, trying to play centre-half forward. Not all their fault. Maybe they were asked to do too much. And three to North Melbourne. When you lose by that much, um, you probably get the three votes. No, I agree with all them. My best was Cosie Pickett, just for the point. I reckon he was a superstar, 17 games into his career. Do you reckon he is I won't, a say any, I won't say anymore. He's, he's very hey, exciting. Patty, he's he, quick. He probably will be, but why do we have to say he's a superstar after 17 games? I, I reckon think, he would have voted in the Brownlow the other night. I, I reckon he would have. I've been devoid of all sort of hope and all sort of excitement, and when we get a fiery little 
quick small forward. That goal he kicked where yeah. he intercepted, turned around, that was ball, went left. around his back yeah. and on the left and through the goal. Does he remind you of Jeff Farmer? Absolutely. Maxi Gorn get the three votes on the weekend? Gorn's last quarter was, was massive. Or Petrarca. Petrarca had a quiet 29, I reckon, yeah. to yeah. his standards. Um, but, so yeah, no. We'll, Gorn three? I think Gorn will get three. Who else? No, he's Bra- given Cozzy's three. Uh, Cozzy would get two, I reckon. Yep. And I think someone like Brayshaw or something might get the one right. in that game. It's interesting that they, well they sent the tag to um, Oliver and not Petrarca. That was Oliver's their big engine room, though, isn't he? Yeah, I think that uh, I always, I'd always try and put the class down, though. I think yeah. uh, you'd try and put away Petrarca before Oliver. Mm, my worst from that was the, <clears throat> the vision switcher on the game. The cameraman was drunk. Uh, in, oh. in that game. Every time we'd go to a mark, the camera would be here and vice versa. It was all over. Channel 7 or a Fox I game. think the industry in general at the moment is struggling yeah. to get cameramen. Yeah. yeah, Get people around now, and I think they're plucking NRL people to do it. So right. I cut them some slack, but it was uh, gave me a headache to watch. have actually got robot cameras in at the Sunday footy show now. Have you? Yeah. So normally you've got the camera operator mm. and uh, robots now – Bill thinks it's funny to go up and talk to the robot live on air. <laughs> it is actually quite funny too when he does it. I reckon if I did it, it wouldn't be funny, but yeah. he does it and he makes it funny. He can get away with it. Um, let's take a quick break. All right, into the previews now, boys. Big game here. The power taking on your boys, the Oof. Tigs. Both teams ordinary mm. last week, both coming off losses and – both teams just got towed up around the footy. And one thing you're going to have to do better this year, competition-wide, is actually win the ball out of the middle and win the clearance battle because it's harder to intercept and score from turnover because the ground is just bigger now. The whole ground's been stretched out. So one thing Richmond do is intercept and score, and Port do as well. But Port generally can win it around the ball. They didn't on the weekend. At Adelaide Oval, I think they'll be savage around the footy. Uh, Richmond have lost Prestia. They've lost Camden McIntosh and, uh, you know, they've also got Nick Floston still out. So I just think... Players, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, I just think Port at home will probably bounce back and have a win here. This is the game last year where the uh, the bow and arrow, the archer, kicked mm. that goal early and then made a beeline of 40 metres at Tom Lynch. In the final. Yeah, probably. and then he got there and I reckon he thought almost better of it and sort of just pushed him and uh, didn't it's really go through in this. Yeah. It? I think Port Adelaide win, I think, uh, just because it's a home home ground. I think the, both sides will be stung and they'll come out, but yeah. those two players, McIntosh is a great, you know, depth, Gut eighth midfielder, yeah. and Prestia, I think, is just as important to him yeah. as uh, anyone else in that it, midfield. It'll be on early here. Don't forget the prelim last year. It's This will be a real hot – this is a final sort of game. Mm. Well, $1.60 to Port, $2.35 as we speak for the – Tigers. Then we go to Mars Stadium, Ballarat. The doggies taking on the Lions. The dogs $1.51. The Lions $2.58, Richo. Massive home ground advantage up there. If you haven't played there at Ballarat, it's probably going to be windy up in Ballarat. It's a hard ground to play. Mm. I remember we had a game up there last year. The rain was coming in sideways. So the year before, sorry, before COVID. Yeah, big one for Brisbane to go up to Ballarat and try and beat a red-hot dog. So I think the dog's probably quite comfortably. Yeah, I think the Dogs, I think it'll be a pretty good game. Brisbane are going pretty well. I think uh, they've come, they, they've been running really well. So they outrun the Cats in the second half and they run over the Magpies as well. So they'll think if they're within a couple of goals of the Dogs at half time, that, they'll, they'll think they can win the game. Josh Bruce will have his, you know, this is going to test his form up against Harris Andrews. How many is he kicking? Does Harris Andrews go to Norton or Bruce? Who would you send him to? Well, Bruce is the man on fire at the moment, yeah, so you're Bruce. probably going to have to go to uh, Josh thing. Bruce. That's the thing with the dogs now. So, <clears throat> so if Andrews goes to Bruce, Norton, he's a very dangerous player. He might get off the chain this week. Mm. 
But the dogs have got the issue too with Gardner being out. They've got Zane Cordy they can bring back yeah. in, but their their depth will be tested, the Bulldogs, mm. because Joe Danaher's playing pretty good footy. I thought he was yeah. pretty good the other night. Eric Hipwood was brilliant the week before, didn't give much last week, but um, they're a solid forward line too. The final game we'll look at Sunday afternoon. The D's taking on the Cats at the G3. I think the D's win this, Pat. I think you win. I think you're riding high at the moment. Um, confidence is high. The Cats, obviously, no Higgins. Uh, no danger field still. The way they move the footy. I think the Demons, the MCG, just about the lock of the weekend for me. The Cats are $1.62. The D's two thirty-one. Yeah, it's hard to work that out because Melbourne are red hot as well. If, it's, if it wasn't for the Doggies, I think Melbourne are just about the next best performed team at the moment, Paddy. So at the MCG, I, I just think you have too much run and gun uh, for the Cats, but it'd be closer than be closer than what you think. Are you going to roll up with the RMs and the, the Gant? Are we there, mate, with the, the yeah. skin-tight jersey over my uh, triple you wear the jersey? Front? No, no. Definitely Last year you famously bet everybody that the yep. Demons would finish in the top eight. Yeah, and, didn't do it this year. Um, why didn't you do it this year? Would have been um, a good year to do it, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the mental state I put myself into. And, you were part of the, that bet, weren't yeah, you? I didn't, I didn't collect. I felt bad. Oh, yeah. It's it's Pat, still coming. What's the uniform for the members? Is it the RMs? Well, you've got to wear the cold shirt. Yeah, That's cold shirt. Goes what is the Ralph Lauren polo. Ralph yeah. Lauren. Well, it depends where, where, what you can afford, but sometimes What do you, you wear? Oh, I just wear a well, I think most Melbourne, sort of most uh, Melbourne, cold shirt. <laughs> most Melbourne supporters can afford a, a... You get the RMs, the jeans, and then you get the scarf. I like to wear the little badge on the scarf as well. Just to nuff it up. A few of them wear the Akubra too don't they, <laughs> if you really want to top it off. Absolutely Do you not. go up to the Frank Gray Smith and have a few? My word, we do. How good are the sausage rolls in there, it's by the way? I reckon I've even seen Melbourne supporters like hang their ski lift pass out <laughs> on their jeans. Gee, so a good thing that the MCC do is that you can put money on your, your card and load it up. Ah, right. So all through COVID, I was just chucking $30, $40 a fortnight on my yeah. card and completely forgotten about it, and I've got... A nice You're ready to go. It's going to feel like a free, uh, a free day at the footy. So, no, I'm looking forward to that on Sunday afternoon. Uh, let's wrap it all up with hummetheticals. Did you do these, Pat? Uh, Hummer said strictly, he and he left it off the run sheet. He said, hummetheticals is my segment. Don't. Bugger it up for me. So right? you've come with fresh gear. I've come with some freshies, That's but they're not—they're not the the weird ones that Hummer just. Plucks Do they involve off money? Years. He always likes to have money involved. With the it. first one does. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They'll be better than Hummers. We're, now, I almost could have crowbarred in it a bit earlier. You were talking about—you know—would your life depend on a on a set shot? Mm. Here's a here's a hypothetical for you. Would you kick a goal from forty five meters out, set shot on a forty five degree angle? Yep. If you kick it. There's a man standing there. He's the goal umpire. He's holding a, a briefcase with $2 million. Yeah. If you kick it, you get the $2 million bucks. If you miss, he puts handcuffs on you and you're going to, going to the clink for six months. $2 million bucks, 45 metres out, 45 Would you have round. a crack at it? Would you have a go at it or would you go, nah, I'll, I'll, I'm not interested? Or if you miss, though, it's two years. in the nah, six, six months. months in jail. 45, 45 degree angle. Yep. Are you expected to kick it? Are you on... The right side or the left side? Uh, you can choose. What side would you take then? Either. I'm kicking. You're kicking it? Yeah. <laughs> straight through the middle? Yeah, I wouldn't know. Take the two mil straight into FET on crypto. Six months in jail. jail. He's taken you straight from the G to jail, to Barwon. In your footy boots. Come on, Richard. I think I'd do the stretch for my daughters. You'd do it. That pays for their schooling. That buys them a little investment property. So you'd have a crack. 
I'm having a crack. I like it. I like it. Good to work. You'd hate yeah. to hit the post, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> or just How flat it, would you or go have a review. You get the arc yeah. down. If you hit the post, <laughs> is it three months? You get three months off. You've got to be able to block. I wouldn't be able to switch my mind off there. Were you good at being able to do that? Because I reckon Zach Bailey on the weekend, mm-hmm. I, I don't reckon he overthought it at all. I don't think there was much going through his mind. It's the overthinkers that miss. Yeah. Yeah. So the good thing about having nobody else there because it's not in a game, mm. right? You could you can dribble it through. You don't have to. It doesn't have to. No, you, you no, didn't no, stipulate no. a coward's way. There's a man you, you on the mark. St- there's someone on the mark. Oh, you didn't stipulate no. that. Well, there's, it's that, okay. You can you, fairly assume even that even in saying that though, dribbling from 45 meters on a 45 degree angle is a lot of risk in that. Yeah. Yeah, it might just hit a little sprinkler head and jag jag left like a shame one leg break. Um, the second one, any sporting moment in the world, if it could be you, team or individual, barring footy uh, and AFL stuff, what would it be? So you would hit an ace to win Wimbledon or buzzer beater in game seven of the NBA yeah, finals, good, your mate, moment. Good. This what is good. What would it be? You team go first, mate. Um, I reckon winning the 100-metre sprint at the Olympics would be pretty handy. You're Usain Bolt at the Olympics? Yeah. Over, done with quick. Yeah. I've always loved getting up on the Monday morning, the last morning of the Masters. Mm. Now you get up early and you watch the last morning of the Masters, even back before we had, you know, cable TV and stuff like that. Channel 9 would always have the last bit of the Masters on Monday morning. As a kid, I loved it. Just And it just looks so good. Yep. I think I'd like to... Hit one into the 18th there and nail a big birdie to win the Masters. Mm. Yeah. I'd be very similar to you, I reckon, Nicho. Big 20-footer. Yeah. yeah. Watch it go. A little bit of drizzle there in the rain. Remember Adam Scott a few oh, years ago? Photo over the century. That's Loved And that's it. right. as a kid, I was gutted in those Masters when Greg Norman got robbed. Yep. You know, when was it Larry Myers chipped in? Stiff. How flat were you for him? You'd be very, you'd be yeah. very stiff. Oh, well, oh, good to see you both went the individual uh, accolades there as well. Yeah. Not, not We're the always team. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> hey, how oh. good was Paddy? <laughs> He's, he got more, is that it? No, that's it. That's it. it. Just came with the two. Didn't I think the job's his. Yeah, I think the job's his, Matt. Hummer, oh, just stay down there with the cucumbers on the <laughs> yeah. ice, mate. Oh, very good. That's all. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having good me. Good work, Pat. Well done. If you are going to have a punt on anything in the footy or across the sports, but that just do so in a responsible manner, and we'll see you next week. That's it, Pat. No, you Good work, Pat. Very good.